Hello, Ben here. Thank you for joining us on Virtual Man Cave Podcast. Another episode as we take a not-so-deep dive into life as a man of faith in Jesus. I'm super grateful, so thankful to all of you out there who are listening faithfully every episode that's dropping you're checking it out and also to those who are checking us out for the very first time thank you for dropping in for tuning in and want to encourage you to jump on the facebook page virtual man cave podcast send us your thoughts let's connect let's build that sense of unity within this wonderful virtual man cave community I love my kids' butt segment for this week. I love my kids' butt. Why won't they wear jumpers? Why? It's freezing outside. They've got their jumper in their bag, their jumpers in their room, their jumpers not on them. And for some reason, they tell you that they don't need a jumper. And then as soon as you go out somewhere and they're not wearing their jumper, they want to snuggle you. They want to cuddle you. They want warmth from you. They want your jumper. And they refuse to admit that their parents were right and they should have listened to them. So I love my kids, but why won't they wear jumpers? We are back this week with the Burger Boys weekly segment on Mm. Virtual Man Cave. We are talking all things drinks and sides today. No, we're not talking specific burgers, but when you go and get a burger, what do you usually have to partner with that burger from a drink or from a side perspective? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I always just can't get past fries and or potato gems or a potato yeah. substance sometimes I'll, I'll go the coleslaw because you know why not just try mm, do yeah. something a bit different but it's just i mean fries uh, I, I can't do the mac and cheese it's too heavy for me and mm. i can't i can't do a shake it's just too much going on wow. it's just it's too much so going on wow i'm partial to an onion ring i like the onion rings yeah. There's some burgers that are some great burgers that actually have the onion rings inside, mm. but I do like onion rings as a side, and I I, I love peanut butter shakes. So oh, Eight Bit mm. has a great peanut butter shake, and then Meat and Bun have Meat a peanut butter and jelly shakes. shake, which oh. is, is just <laughs> sensational. It is so good. And so we've talked sides and drinks with our burgers this week. Thanks, fellas. Unpacking Proverbs for this week, Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Let's continue to work hard to upskill, to use that gift and talent that we have, but to take that raw gift and to work and to train and to continue to get better, to excel in those gifts that God has given us. Because as we increase that skill, as that talent is on display, it will open up doors, there will be favor, and there will be fruitfulness that comes. 
And so I know how skilled and talented all of you are. And so let's continue to excel in the skills, the talents that God has given us. I've been trying to get this guy on to the Virtual Man Cave podcast for a while. It's taken almost the end of season two, but I've finally got him. He's my best friend and an incredible man. Please welcome Jason Schroeder. Hey, Jace. Hello. How are you? You finally made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Absolutely. So, uh, a I'm, coffee. I'm here. Coffee. I'm in. You're I'm in. in. It's great to be with you, mate. So, mate... I know you've been listening. I know you're enjoying it. Tell us, how old are you? I think I'm 43. 43. How? 44 next month. Come on. And yeah. how long have you been married for? Nearly 22 years in November. So yeah. half your life. Yeah. You've been married. There a married go. man. I'm smiling if you are. You can't see my face, but it is smiling. Well, that's a good thing because the focus of our, our chat today is going to be about marriage. Yeah. Uh, you have three awesome kids from this amazing marriage. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, let's go. Uh, I'll go what they're going to be turning because they always like it that way. So Millie will be turning 15, Ayla 13, Levi 11. And what do you, what do you love most about being a dad? I, I'm really enjoying this season. I always knew, you know, I'd worked with teenagers so much that I'd always said, I'm going to love that when most people are freaking out. Yeah. These uh, babies freak me out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just, I'm loving this season. Babies' eyes can be a bit freaky at times. <laughs> just beady looking at you. Life of their own. <laughs> uh, how long have you been a person of faith? How long have you followed Jesus for? Uh, well, I grew up in a Christian family, but really made a solid decision at 19. Uh, that was legit god i'm in yeah it's all yours wow and so what is still compelling to you you know you wake up each morning now why are you still compelled mm. to be a person of faith a follower of jesus mm. there's so many things you can answer there i i am still overcome by grace mm. like god's grace and you know you and i've talked about how how broken we are as humans and certainly how broken I felt coming to God at, at 19 and he accepted me as I was and mm. his glorious wraparound grace. Uh, so I'm still so grateful today. Wow. And I want I, that for others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is a desperation of my heart as well. And we were just talking about your love of wood <laughs> and building things with wood. You have 11 coffee tables in your house. Tell me, why would you need that many coffee tables? Well, when you really like coffee, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so, so the 11 tables, not all coffee tables, right. but they're a fun thing to make. Okay. It's achievable. And when you've got limited time, like it's something that is, a, it's a bite-sized chunk of carpentry. So uh, yeah, there we go. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. We have a coffee table made by my brother for mm. our wedding actually that's still around in our house Tom, i helped train tom for a little while you did uh we need to talk about marriage though that's the focus today and uh, i've been able to see really close up the way you've done marriage over the years karen and i actually lived with you and em True. for a while which so yeah. that was up close and personal <laughs> uh and so we've 
seen you through many seasons and you continue to be an incredible role model model for me in terms of what I want to imitate as a husband. And so we're going to just spend a bit of time talking about how you've been able to build the robustness that is yeah. your marriage. And so let's go back. Let's start from kind of before you got married. What, what was your view of marriage growing up? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, so first 10 years we're in a country town in New Zealand and mum and dad seemed to have an incredible marriage. Uh, life was actually quite idyllic. Uh, we lived across the paddock from the church. My granddad was the pastor of the church. Yeah. Um, so it was it was like a little utopia. So family life for me was something that I thought, man, I want this. Yeah, okay. This is great. We then moved to Australia. And I guess you grow up as well, so you become a little more realistic, a little less naive. Yeah. And then at 16, my dad left. So came home from school one day and he was gone. All hmm. this stuff gone. So... Uh, on multiple levels, that was that was challenging, and didn't really have too many signs before that. So married life looked different, and then I had a couple of really rough years, made some poor choices. Um, but then at nineteen, as I came back to God, I well, I was always really attracted to girls, so <laughs> I I saw myself being married, yeah, uh, and just to to one of them, and good, good. so then had this when I came back to Christ. I just naturally thought, I'm going to get married, have a family. Yeah. It felt like that would be right for me. Yeah. And then I, I wanted to do married life well. Like mm. it just made sense. I saw how good it could be with my folks. And then right. I saw how, how, you know, how bad it can go. Yes. And so, so, yeah, I had this sense that, yes, I want it to be incredible. But yes, I have to work hard at that. And I, I guess I saw in my dad how life's frustrations can get on top of you mm. and then you can find unhealthy outlets. And so I think that's a challenge for us as men, that the frustrations of life can lead us to finding unhealthy outlets, yes. which then leave us in this place where we begin to deceive ourselves and begin to justify our actions. Uh, and that's not healthy for anybody no. and that's when your marriage starts to fail and that's what happened um, unfortunately uh, in our family so I, I came into it going I've gonna, I'm going to have to work really hard but this can look amazing yeah so that decision that you made to go all in with Jesus at the age of 19 that was obviously a real big turning point for you totally and so what kind of impact did that that have that decision that you made at 19 have on you becoming marriable, the type of person that, yeah. that would be attractive to to be married to. Yeah. So I'd say my, my walk with Christ was everything. That it was the the critical component to me becoming marriable or at <laughs> least uh, being on that process. <laughs> so I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus wants us to flourish, yes. that he purchased life to the full. It's not just a statement we say at church. Yeah, yeah. It's my core belief and it's what I felt at 19. I felt the heart of God wanting me to become the best Jace that I could be, mm, most mm. in line with the blueprint of heaven that, yep. that God, you know, this is what he created me to look like. Yep. So God wants us to flourish. So that's yes, as a human, but then in marriage, 
like it's this marriage flourishing yeah so so that was a natural part of it but i i think that the critical first step and the challenging first step for us is flourishing starts or it starts with god but then our response is surrender yeah and surrender is the the difficult the humbling choice that we make to connect with christ and mm. then ultimately have his help in our lives and in our marriage and and surrender is like you can't just wear jesus like a haircut yeah he's a heart transplant mm. and so then he's alive on the inside yeah uh empowering me and then empowering this marriage yeah he's been everything yeah wow because the the process of becoming marriable and i guess we're all still on that journey of becoming more marriable yep. uh, even in our marriage uh, it, it's not about what's happening on the outside. Uh, obviously, the outside is a reflection on what's happening on the inside, but it's so, such an internal thing, mm. uh, getting our identity from Christ, yeah. just getting that, that slate wiped clean, that sense of purpose, that sense of being holy, uh, and just thinking good thoughts and <laughs> doing good things. Come so on. so why did you decide that's M? Emma yeah. Beth Schroeder was, yeah. or Emma Beth Chamberlain, Chamberlain. at the time, yeah. was going to be the person that you wanted to build your life with. Yeah, because my mum said so. Hey, there it is. You can't beat that. <laughs> there it is. Uh, look, it was a combination. And, and one of the clearest times I've actually heard God speak to me was on a lantern stalk on a youth camp uh, telling me that she was the one. No as way. As I was posing this question. <laughs> and then we, uh, then I broke into a caravan and we made out in it. Uh, so I don't recommend that bit, but it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was all, it was G-rated though. So yeah, it's yeah, above sure. board. Yeah. Uh, but look, the, the reality is, why did I decide on M? Is I, I was doing a process of prayer, Bible, wise counsel. Hmm. Again, not just something I, I say because it sounds good. Yes. But I started to live it at 19. And... In the prayer spaces, I was passionately pursuing Christ. I had this drawing towards M, mm. uh, even though she was so different to what I thought I wanted previously. Yeah. And obviously, in the Word, there was there was nothing that was contrary um, to this. No yep. scripture dived out at me. The the key thing, and I think the key thing when we're mature, immature, sorry, the key thing when we don't have expertise in a certain area. Prayer and Bible are critical, but wise counsel is why God puts us in community. Yes. And so I proved pretty well up until, you know, the, the age of 20 that I was really capable of making crap decisions. Sure. Uh, so I've proven that quite well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so then how much can I trust what I'm hearing from God? Am I actually praying, but then I'm hearing my flesh? And I'm trying to convince myself it's God. Mm. Um, so prayer can be dangerous when we're immature. Mm. Uh, if we we misread that, and again we can we can read all sorts of weird things into the Bible. Yeah. But mature Christians around us are there for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so Mum was that anchor point for me, mm. uh, and then some other key figures in our church, and they were sure that M was the one. So that was good enough for me. Mm. So. I was probably 70% sure, and right. Emma and I joke about this, um, <laughs> that she was more sure because she was more mature yeah, uh, yeah. than I was at this stage um, when we're kind of 20. 
uh, 21, married at 22. Yeah, I was 70% sure, but I had enough good people around me mm. who knew how to hear the voice of God and uh, were in good standing, etc., that I could, I could rest on their surety. It's the type of decision that's so important. You don't want to risk that type of decision mm. without taking everything into account and yep. asking for as much advice and as many mature people's opinions as possible. And so, yep. great choice, mate. You did well. Thank you. I agree. Describe your early years of marriage. <laughs> In one sentence I, I saw here, so I, I, I wrote a sentence. It's a combination of sitting in a roller coaster. Which, a, you, which in, you did. Which I did, yeah. <laughs> in a dentist chair and in a uni class. Wow. So first year of, or early years of marriage, combination of sitting in a roller coaster, a dentist chair and a uni class. <laughs> so roller coaster was fun and yep, exciting yep. and some beautiful, glorious moments. And I, I do like roller coasters. Uh, sitting in a dentist chair, it was painful <laughs> and frustrating. Yeah. And... You know, there there were still plenty of rotten things in me that needed to be pulled out, hmm. uh, and so God used my wife uh, as the dentist. <laughs> Why does He choose to use our wives as the main point of <laughs> amazing, right? It, Shifting things in us. It's glorious how how it works as we let it. And yeah. the thing you can you can get up out of the dentist chair mm. and leave that rotten tooth in your mouth. So mm. you've got to submit to the process. Yeah, did that, and and it was like a uni class, not because Em was lecturing me, although <laughs> maybe sometimes, uh, but it was growing and stretching like nothing else. And you're growing up, and we were young, so we were growing up, but growing up together, mm. uh, but being stretched into who God wanted us to be into taking limiting mindsets off and, and kind of starting to step towards the, the place where he's got us now. Yeah. So some big, some big eye-opening wake-up call moments in the first few years of your marriage. Since then, how have you had to change through <laughs> the, the years, through the 20-odd next years, to yep. become the, the type of husband that M wanted and needed? <laughs> I have had to change. So, so, <laughs> so much, uh, so much. And I think though, if anyone answers anything else than that, I would worry. Yep. Uh, I'd worry that they're living too small. Mm. So the reality is, if we're going to live a big life, a life like Christ has called us to, where we're influencing the world around us, then it means we've got to relentlessly become a bigger person. Yeah. So it means your wife is changing because she's getting bigger with you. Yep. And so you've got to get bigger to then love her appropriately yeah. as she grows bigger, as your responsibility increases, mm. all of those things. So it's inherent that we must be growing and changing and ultimately looking more and more like Jesus yes. every day. Yes. And so that's that's the process that we that we sign up for. And I think I think as guys, we need to take this really seriously that we're going to have to answer to God, did I help my wife flourish? Mm. Mm. Like, was I intentional about helping my wife flourish? Not this small part of me that wants to keep her small mm. and in the house just, you know, meeting my needs or or not out there living her call so I get more of her attention. Those little weasel parts of us that we have, we have to beat that weasel down yeah. that we... Again, we're going to stand before God. And I think about this regularly as a just as a human, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. 
that I've got to give account of this life. I'm a steward of mm. this life, not yeah. an owner of it. Yeah. Um, so we've got to help her flourish. So I think one of the best things we can do, and I've done this regularly, is to ask, how am I doing, babe? Yeah. So honestly, give me, give me a real honest answer. How, how can I do better? And so give me, give me three things that I can do better as a husband. Give me two things, how I can fill your love tank better. Great. How I can meet your love languages yes. and love you the way that you want to be loved, not just the way that I want to love you yes, or, yes. or whatever. Um, so I think ask. And so if you've never done that, guys, go there. Make that happen. Like what a, what a beautiful investment. And, and, but to do it, you're... Because so often we're focusing on the things they're not doing well mm. to love us. Yes, yes. <laughs> and man, I've been there. I, uh, those thoughts may go through my head regularly. But we've got to then go, okay, I, I'm going to serve and love my wife and understand that as I stretch out these hands of grace and as I am intentional and front-footed and I help her flourish mm. and feel loved and safe, then ultimately, if you want to speak to the selfish nature in us, then that is going to flow back and I'm going to benefit yes, from yeah. that anyway. Yeah. Now, that shouldn't be our starting point. Yes. Look, let's face it, we are all humans, mm. <laughs> a little selfish. So, so, yeah, I think we've got to be front-footed, taking responsibility, responsibility to change ourselves, uh, to, to lean in, mm. not be frustrated with things she's not doing or where she's not good enough or where, you know, whatever, or oh, blah, blah but being solution-focused, doing what we can to help our wives flourish. So true. Intentionality is key. I think the biggest red flag is if things are cruising and things are okay. If you're having some some challenges in your marriage, at least it means that there's some passion there, you're talking about it, there's some Mm. disagreement. If you're never disagreeing about things, that's worrying. And so... We, we weren't designed to cruise in our marriages. We were designed to flourish and yep. to help our spouses flourish. And yep. so challenges are a part of, of that, a, a key part of that. Absolutely. And so yeah, what, are, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I think we all have them, right? Yeah. And we can't expect not to have challenges. Like we, I think we've got a wrong viewpoint on how life should look if we're thinking it's going to be all smooth sailing. Yes. Either we're not aiming for anything worthwhile, and so we've set the bar so low and we're just into stress avoidance, yeah. as opposed to stepping out, you know, maximizing the gifts he's given mm. us. So challenges should be a part of our life and not just ones that get thrust on us because of poor choices or just, you know, yeah. just life being life, but we're stepping in to challenges. The growth journey of greater responsibility has been a massive challenge okay. for us. So the the times, you know, we had three young kids when we stepped into leading our church. Yep. Uh, and so the pressure that puts you under, it's just then adjusting. So you need then new routines in your marriage. Yeah. You have to rethink the patterns that you've got in place yes. to be healthy and how you communicate because your your world has changed. And of course that happens through, through having kids. And so we had um, three kids in quick succession uh, and so M's always pregnant or feeding or babies around and yeah. so man that's a challenge it's a mm. challenge to even just how you 
do your sex life yeah and things like that where you've got to then get your expectations correct yes. and communication right otherwise man it gets messy real quick um we, we man there are <laughs> there are loads we, we have totally polar opposite love languages <laughs> and so we've had to navigate that from day one and man i would happily change that in a moment even us up on the love language spectrum <laughs> <laughs> however again it's been a tool of the lord to uh grow each of us yeah um yeah and working together probably now is, is interesting leading and working together where we're with each other so much mm. uh and i'm not traveling as much this year because of covid and so m i think would be quite happy for me to travel some more because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just together all the time which is again is a great blessing uh, but comes with its own challenges. Absolutely. Let's flip it over. What are some of the greatest joys that you've had as a husband? As I was thinking about this, I, I can just see Em's face with a smile on it, is seeing Em flourish. You know, she's stretched. She carries a lot of pressure, lots of leadership responsibility. So our life isn't easy. It's not like she's just floating around at home, um, just getting her nails done every day, going, yeah, life's, life's grand. I don't think that should be the picture of flourishing we want for our wives. No. That's a picture of comfort, not yep. fruitfulness. Yep. And so Em is incredibly fruitful, seeing her shine and being a part of helping her step over insecurities and grow through them, putting confidence in her, being her biggest cheerleader. And, then, and ultimately, I think then building a marriage that we, we feel you know, a healthy level of pride that we want people to copy. Yes. Follow us as we follow Christ yeah. in this marriage space. And we're by no means perfect. And every marriage is going to look different. Uh, but we're, we're giving this a red hot go. And yeah, have crafted something beautiful that just keeps getting better. So honestly, after nearly 22 years, hmm. our marriage is improving relentlessly. Uh, and I, I love her. Hmm. I love her. I love her. And love this well thank you thank you for, for for leaning in for being intentional for uh not taking the easy the easy way out and for continuing just to pursue that growth in your marriage you certainly have been an incredible role model for me what three tips can you give mm. to the listeners right now to hubbies out there in their pursuit of a healthy, growing, flourishing marriage. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, look, love to, and I've, I've obviously covered some things, and 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 just as a caveat across all of this, marriage is obviously a journey, and it has ups and downs, and rough points, and and high points. But committing to the journey is where we all need to be. So if you're listening and you're in a really difficult spot, just keep going. Try something different, but keep going. After I think six or seven years, like we, I almost could have left like there were just some frustrations and it just got it got really really difficult hmm. um and yeah for a couple of years it was it was pretty horrible so that kind of rolls into point number one so three tips here's one get help when it's five out of ten not two out of ten hmm. so if ten out of ten is a perfect marriage which really doesn't exist and zero out of ten is we, we've divorced 
uh, get help when it's five out of ten, yeah. not two out of ten. Yeah. You know, for us as pastors, we often get invited to come and help in scenarios when it's a two or three out of ten or Too a one. Low. And yeah, it, it's it's hard to save or yeah. sometimes impossible. Yeah. So you've got to get help early. And this is where our stupid male pride. <laughs> so seriously, guys, if you're listening and we have to, again, we've got to beat that prideful part of us down True. because it is not in our best interests. And I'm so more encouraged and, you know, in a sense, proud of a guy when he beats that pride down and comes with humility to say, man, i got to struggle. Yeah. I need some help. Yeah. That is a champion, yes. not the guy who pretends it's okay and then falls in a hole. Yeah. And so get help when it's five out of ten. And if, you know, and that could be reading a book, mm. like read a marriage book, yeah. do a marriage course, get a version. Uh, marriage devotion um, like you can try those things if you've tried all of that and it hasn't worked then you need to invite someone else into that space yes uh, so phone a friend whose marriage is working well um, talk to one of the pastoral team when you mm. connect group leader mm. um, see a counselor do something if it's yes. not working it doesn't mean your marriage isn't right yes. it means you haven't found the right strategy to improve it yeah so don't just keep trying what you've tried you've got to think outside the box and get some help. So yes. number one, get help. Number two, second thought is uh, you got to hit a five to one ratio of positive to negative communication. Yeah. And this is hard, man, for so <laughs> many of us as guys. Yeah. Um, particularly if in your work setting, you're critiquing and you're leading and you're managing. Uh, we've got to have a different framework at home. So five to one ratio. Um, I think that we'll have heard Em talking about the negative headspace that girls can so easily fall into in their mind yeah. and they're beating themselves up relentlessly feeling like the world is telling them they're not good enough they're not this enough they're not that enough so we've got to be the voice of love and hope and life yes so hold yourself to account and i've had some moments where i've significantly dropped the ball here and had to whip myself with my parenting and in marriage where i've got to balance it up where Five times more positive comments, yeah. encouraging, life-giving, thankful, grateful comments yes. to any critique or criticism or, babe, here's four steps to more efficient cleaning of the house. <laughs> like, seriously, we... <laughs> uh, and, and there's obviously a place for some of those things. Yes. But you've got to get the, the, the money in the bank of five times more positive comments. If you're continually making withdrawals of adjusting her behavior yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or anything, then you're gonna be bankrupt and you are not helping your wife flourish, but you're driving her into a hole. Let's let's not do that and it's hard, but again, hold ourselves to account. True. And finally, here's a thought for us guys, and this is doable for all of us is pray one minute a day for your wife. Pray one minute a day for your wife. That's great. And whatever becomes a trigger for you, like if, you, if you're more randy than you're getting sex, then every time you feel ran, randy, let, train yourself, let it be a trigger to pray for her. Yeah. Instead of feeling frustrated, and I'm not saying that you can't do practical things, yeah. turn it into prayer. Pray yeah. one minute a day. Come on. And so start by thanking God for your wife. Yeah. Not complaining, but God, I thank you for this gift you've given me. Yeah. So thank God for her, then ask for God's help for her. God, fill her with peace. If she's anxious, God, help her uh, to, to step beyond that worry. Help her to lean on you. Uh, and then finish that prayer by asking God to help you be a better husband. Yeah. 
So, and that can take one minute. God, I thank you for my wife. She's, she's amazing. Help me, help me love her. And you're, you, maybe you're convincing yourself at that moment because maybe you're more frustrated <laughs> than feeling that. But you start praying thankfulness and gratefulness. Yes. Then, my goodness, that one-minute prayer every day, which all of us can do, just whenever she pops into your mind, let it be a trigger. It is powerful. To pray. Yeah. Every time you're yeah. feeling Randy, <laughs> every time you think of someone you know whose name is Randy, <laughs> for your wife. <laughs> I don't know many Randys, to be honest. That is absolute gold. So appreciate your time. So appreciate you leading the way. Great to have you on the Virtual Man Cave podcast. Thank you. See ya. Cheering you on. We are back with our favourite Bristolian, Dan Hamer, for Proper Dad Joke this week. <laughs> How you going? Hello, buddy. How are you? Good to see you. You too, mate. Hit us with the proper dad joke for this week. Okay, so um, we went out and bought our dog, Rio, from a blacksmith. And as soon as we got him home, he made a bolt for the door. (laughs) 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 Like... It's good. It's 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 good. It, t- it took a while. It took a while for me to get that one, but v- very oh, good. I know. You got to think about that one. Sorry, I'll try and make next week's better. Thanks, mate. See you next week. Yeah. What's your go-to holiday destination? Some people love the sea, the beach, to be near the ocean. Some people like the mountains, the hills. Some people like the countryside. Some people like quiet stillness, not much happening. Other people like adventure and lots of noise and the hustle bustle of activity. And so what's your go-to? It's really important to know what your default, your go-to holiday destination, holiday style is Mine, I like a bit of everything. I like a bit of relaxing, a bit of activity and adventure. I like the ocean. I like the stillness of the countryside. But I would say my default, my go-to holiday destination would be near the ocean. What a great episode of Virtual Man Cave podcast. I've had a ball. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. You guys are incredible. And have a wonderful week.